in order to fully address the subject of Israel and the church, I need to quickly cover one more thing, and that is something called replacement theology. This is something that's been around for nearly 2,000 years, and it seeks to nullify the promises of God made to Abraham and his descendants. You may have never heard this term, but it is something that is deeply embedded into the DNA of many churches and church traditions. And it's a dangerous deception. This is also known as supersessionism or fulfillment theology, and it began to surface in the church as early as the first century AD. And basically what it teaches is that because the Jewish people rejected Jesus as the Messiah and had him executed, God subsequently rejected the Jewish people. Now, some even took this further to say that God now despises the Jewish people. Well, you can see where this could lead. These people began to believe that because of this, God then revoked the literal promises that he made to Abraham and his family and replaced them with spiritual promises to the church. In other words, the church supersedes Israel, which is where we get this term, supersessionism. So now you know where anti-Semitism comes from. And I believe it's even much deeper than, than anti-Jewish sentiment in the world and in the church. It's also something that I believe is, is satanic. But can you see how this progresses? This is the kind of thinking that led to Christian persecution of the Jews, even murder in the name of Jesus, if you can comprehend that. The Crusades, the Inquisition, the Holocaust are the most well-known of these hateful and murderous campaigns against the Jewish people. And they are dark and dreadful chapters of Christian history that we would just as soon forget and that we must never, ever repeat. These horrible things were influenced by this dangerous belief called replacement theology. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. Go and do some research. It may surprise you to find that many of the church fathers, including names like Ignatius and Irenaeus, Tertullian, Justin Martyr, Origen, Christostom, St. Augustine, and even the father of the Reformation, Martin Luther, held very anti-Jewish views. Some of these revered Christian leaders of history used terms like dogs and pigs to refer to Jews, and they considered them unworthy of God's salvation because they, quote, rejected and murdered his son. Irenaeus actually said this. He said, Jews are disinherited from the grace of God. Tertullian said God has rejected the Jews in favor of of the Christians. And in very colorful language, John Chrysostom said this in a talk called Oration Against the Jews. The Jews are the most worthless of all men. They are lecherous, rapacious, greedy. They are perfidious murderers of Christ and they worship the devil. Their religion is a sickness. The Jews are the assassins of Christ and for killing God, there is no expiation possible no indulgence or pardon. Christians may never cease vengeance, and the Jew must live in servitude forever. God always hated the Jews. It is essential that all Christians hate them. End of quote. Now, I'll just let that settle for a minute. Are you shocked? 
Well, this is some of the rhetoric that came from some of the men who helped shape doctrine and theology in the early church. Uh, Martin Luther wrote a book in 1954 called The Jews and Their Lies, and it is still available today. And in it, he advocates uh, burning down all synagogues in Europe, among other things. Adolf Hitler often referred to Luther as one of Germany's great reformers and was inspired in part by Luther's anti-Jewish teachings. Now, I, I hope I know what you're thinking. You know, we don't believe any of that in our church. And I pray and even believe that that is true. But what I also believe is that there still are subtle traces of this kind of teaching in our churches today that influences the attitudes that many of us have toward the Jewish people and their practices. And one of these attitudes is the one that says that Jewish people or ethnic Israel no longer have a viable role to play in God's story. This can also lead to an attitude that suggests that ethnic Israel no longer has the right to return to the land of Israel, at least not in the prophetic sense of returning from their exile to the four corners of the earth over the last 2,000 years back to the promised land. And if you believe that, then you also believe that this means that the Jewish people no longer have any claim to the land of Israel and that they are now intruders and occupiers in the land. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I don't have all of this figured out, but I do believe I know a few things. I feel like I know something about the character of God from his word. And because of what I know about God's character, I don't believe that God has rejected anybody. I believe that God is a God of unfailing love and that he is long-suffering and full of mercy. I believe that he is patient and kind and the God of a second chance. I also believe something else about God. I believe that he is a God who keeps his promises. His promises to me, to you and I, to us, and also his promises to Israel. 